Hey guys, you're listening to episode 5 of the Finish Line Podcast, where we discuss the intersection of faith, generosity, and personal finance. Today we're going to be answering some listener questions about giving gifts and changing your finish line. Just a note before we dive in, when the Finish Line Podcast first started, it was originally called the Aspiring to the Median Podcast, and you'll hear a number of references throughout this episode. The Aspiring to the Median movement has since evolved into the Finish Line Pledge, and what started as impact groups are now called Finish Line Sprints. Now that we're all on the same page, let's go ahead and get started. Welcome back to the show. My name is Cody Hobelman, and I'm here with my co-host and brother, Keelan. Today, we have another Q&A episode where we try to answer questions from our community of listeners about setting a financial finish line. The first question is, do gifts come out of my budget or out of the excess? Keelan and I both have different approaches to gifts, and we share all our thoughts on the subject. After that, we have another great question. When is it okay to change my finish line, and how should I approach that process? I think everyone who sets a finish line will consider this at some point, so stay tuned to hear our thoughts. Before we get started, I just want to remind you guys to check out the Finish Line Community Facebook group, where you can find other people seeking to honor God and experience deep joy and purpose in the way they handle their money. This kind of lifestyle happens best in the context of community and relationships. So check out the group on Facebook when you get a chance to find more people like you. All right, let's get the show started. So, Keelan, we're in December now. Have you finished your Christmas shopping yet? Uh, we're actually pretty far along. We jumped right on it, basically, around Thanksgiving, and I think we only have a couple of straggler presents left to grab. <laughs> this is the first year I think we finished before Christmas Eve, so I'm pretty excited about that. But obviously, today, we're going to be talking about gifts, and so the question we're starting off with today is do gifts come out of your personal budget or out of the excess? Yeah, I can take a stab at that one first. Obviously, I think that this question, there's probably a, a bunch of questions similar to this about does does this come out of my personal budget or the excess above the, the spending finish line that I've, I've chosen? And I think everybody's going to approach these things a little bit different. I can say for the way that Allie and I approach this is we kind of think about things as would the average family be spending money on this kind of gift? Because there's a whole bunch of different kinds of gifts. There's birthday gifts, Christmas gifts, you know, the typical stuff that's just a normal part of everyday culture. And then there's other kinds of gifts where maybe you feel led to give a gift to somebody you don't even know anonymously and you just know that they're going through a hard time, maybe somebody at your church, and you just feel led to bless them in that way. That's a gift too, uh, but we would kind of approach that differently. So the framework that Allie and I think about this question is, would the average American family spend money on this type of gift? So with that in mind, things like Christmas gifts or birthday gifts, we try to factor those into our, our regular family budget. And, you know, especially for like December, where we're buying gifts for a whole bunch of different people. 
that requires often saving ahead and planning. And we often try to get a number of those gifts in November to kind of split those expenses over two months. And, you know, it just takes a little bit of planning ahead. But other kinds of gifts that maybe are a little bit more non-traditional or more on the generosity side of, of things that are not as standard, we generally take those out of our excess. And I think the reason for that is because the way you line up your incentives that way, there's no barrier to taking action when God leads you to uh, something that you might call a gift. Right. I really like the way you put that. And Steph and I have come to a similar conclusion, but for a slightly different reason. We look at gifts through the lens of, was a gift expected? So for Christmas, weddings, graduations, birthdays, baby showers, all that kind of stuff, to some degree, a gift is perfectly normal or even expected. And for those types of gifts, we actually have a budget in our personal expenses for gifts. On the other hand, like you said, we want to have an incentive to give gifts to people who are in need or can't repay us. Um, Sometimes it's anonymous, sometimes it's not. But we do want to be careful not to take away that incentive to do good when we see the opportunity to do good with money. Yeah, and I think one of the whole benefits of having a finish line in the first place where you are starting to set aside all that excess in a separate account or however you do it is the knowing that that money is there makes you aware of all these kind of situations where you might actually be called to give a gift that's not expected. Like you said, I really like the way that you guys approach that with the expected, not expected framework. I think that's a good way to think about it too. And not something I had thought of before. I think this leads into a kind of a broader idea. You know, you could ask a similar kind of question of if I choose to host a bunch of people from my church over for dinner to try to build community and end up spending a fair amount on food, should that come out of our regular family's budget or should that come out of that excess that we've set aside? So like, how would you approach that? Well, before I really answer that question, I just want to zoom out for a second and it it just, all of this can seem like splitting hairs on how do you categorize this expense and how do you categorize that expense? And I've heard a statement to the tune of, if you're asking whether you should tithe on your gross income or your net income, you're, you're asking the wrong question. I feel that kind of applies in this situation. Think about why you picked a finish line, what that allows in your life. And if you're trying to shove as many expenses into the excess category just to increase your lifestyle, it kind of defeats the purpose a little bit. But it, it's still important to address some of these questions. So in, in this scenario, if you're hosting a church group and you knew about it and you signed up to do that, to me, I would consider that part of my personal expenses because uh, at least in the type of small groups that we've been part of for years at our church, there's always some snacks and, and drinks available to whoever's coming over to our house to meet. So if I can plan for that, I mean, I'm not really changing the world with that, you know, 20 or 30 bucks that's feeding a small group. Uh, and I could have anticipated it, 
but personally, I feel like that's that's on me to save up for and plan for. Yeah, I think that we would probably land on the on the same side. And honestly, in different situations, we'd probably end up on on both sides of that question. But I think that that all and everything that you just said leading up to that answer, I think leads into the idea of the blurring of spending and giving. So, you know, with the finish line, we have broken up all of the money that leaves our hands as money that's spent on our families and money that's spent on other people or or other purposes or things that God leads us to, however you kind of categorize that. And I think that there is a deep joy to be found in living a life where you are constantly struggling with the question of whether something fits into spending or giving, because that just means that you have oriented your life and the things that your money is being used for and the things that God is doing through your family in a way that whether it's spending or giving, he is using you and your family. And so I hope that through my life, that we are constantly blurring the lines between spending and giving because the things that we spend on are constantly affecting other people around us. And so exactly like you said, I, you know, you can really get into splitting hairs on these questions. And in the end, I'm not sure that it really matters where you classify things, but I guess for accounting purposes, it helps to have some kind of a framework to think about it. And honestly, I think that's going to look a, a little different for for everybody, you know, you shared kind of how you and Steph think about things and and I shared how Allie and I do, but I think uh, those are some great points. Yeah. And I tend to err on the side of caution. And so if I am kind of undecided and I end up spending a little bit of my uh, personal expenses or below the finish line on something that's, that could have been considered giving, that's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, especially if it doesn't put me in a dire situation. If I had a little bit of excess left in my personal expenses, uh, I think that's okay. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Well, I think we got time for one more question here. So let me throw it out here for you. When is it okay to change my finish line? And how should I approach that process? So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think this is a really important question. I personally have not changed my finish line, but I haven't been living with a finish line for years and years like you have. And I think there might be a couple scenarios where it makes sense to change your finish line in either direction. The scenarios that come to mind are if you have to move for work to a area that has a dramatically different cost of living, that might justify an adjustment. Or if you have a new medical condition that requires all kinds of medications or therapy and you have to figure out how to pay for that, obviously that would change how much it costs to fund your lifestyle. Uh, It's not all just about choosing whether or not to go out to dinner on Friday night. Uh, A lot of this stuff can be a little bit beyond our control. So there definitely are situations. And on the flip side, if you're kind of coasting by and, and the finish line that you picked isn't really challenging you at all, and you're not seeing opportunities to help people and acting on them, then it might be time to adjust lower a little bit. Uh, You know, some of the question comes back to the question of how do you pick a finish line in the first place? And as we've mentioned before, there's a couple 
major factors that are going to come into play for every family that tries to set a finish line. One of those being geography, which plays into when you're saying with moving and the other is family size. And so I think that anytime you have a, a change in size for your family or that you're changing geography to a significant degree where the cost of living might actually be different. I think both of those definitely weren't at least looking at the finish line that you've set and to see just how things kind of fit together. And as I think that we've said before, the calculator on our website, which, which you can find at aspiringtothemedian.com slash calculator, does factor in family size. And so we have had multiple changes in family size since we first chose our finish line because we have four little girls now. So just to explain it on a big picture level, if you were to say right now, our family needs $70,000 to live on, what does that look like if you add another child to your family? That's the whole reason that we use these percentile finish lines on the calculator is because that allows you to actually scale it with family size. So you could say, well, 70000 for our family of three is, I don't know off the top of my head, maybe that puts you in the 55th percentile or something like that. Meaning out of 100 families, you'd be spending more than 55 of them. When you add another child, the calculator will tell you what the 55th percentile is expected to be with another child in your family. And so it automatically scales for family size. And so we were able to do that through our first two children that we added to our family. And actually after that point, the next two kids that we added, we were actually able to drop our percentile finish line down a little bit each time because we didn't feel like we needed the actual budget jump as much in each of those cases. And so even though our budget did increase a little bit with each of those kids, our actual percentile dropped a little bit with each of those family size changes. So family size, I think any time your family size is changing is a good time to just reassess the whole picture. And if you're using the calculator on our website to help you with your finish line, then it's already kind of built into that process, but it's still a good time to kind of just see what the whole picture looks like. And if you are not using our calculator, but you just have kind of a dollar amount as your finish line, then you'll probably need to expand that to some degree as you go up in family size. The other one that you mentioned, which I think is an excellent point, is moving. And so anytime you're going to change to a whole different cost of living area, you're going to need to factor that in. And that's the same kind of process as when you choose a finish line in the first place. You know, that's going to inherently factor into your decision. Right. And something I'd say about changes in family size is it could also involve getting married. Changes your family size, obviously, and brings in more conversations about finances. But also, if you have a child who becomes financially independent and you are no longer paying their expenses, that's actually a decrease in your family size. And that might warrant some changes to your budget. So I know the question is, when is it okay to change my finish line? But I just wanted to touch on maybe a scenario where maybe you might not want to change your finish line ultimately. And that scenario is uh, if you have like a big vacation coming up and you want to spend a lot in that one month and the finish line that you've chosen feels restrictive in that month, 
And so you're tempted to adjust upward so that you can afford to pay for that vacation or another large expense. You might have to step back and once again think about why do you have a finish line? And if you aren't going to let that hold you accountable, then have you really committed to anything? Yeah, and that's a great point. So in the impact program, we get into this a little bit and, and allow some room for discussion among the group about this question of what is a reasonable time to change your commitment after you kind of get into things. And in the program, we kind of pose two questions to think through anytime you're coming up on this decision. The first one is, does this change in finish line help me best handle the portion of God's wealth that he's asked me to manage? And so this comes right back to the whole idea that everything that we own, any money that we have, any kind of control over, is ultimately God's. It's It was never ours, and it's not ours now. But he has given us huge freedom and leeway in how we manage it on his behalf. That being said, we're still responsible for what we do with it. And so a lot of these things that we've discussed are really valid reasons why you might need to increase your finish line or why you might need to decrease it. And it always comes back to that question, does this help me to best handle what God has given me to manage on his behalf? And so the second question is, if you're considering changing your finish line, is there another way to accomplish what you're trying to do without changing your finish line? You know, is there a way to rearrange my budget or to change my spending habits in a way that lets me maintain the finish line that I've already committed to? And I think that question is especially important if the framework of your life and your family structure hasn't actually changed. Your family is the same size. You're living in the same place. Your jobs are the same. Nothing has actually really changed, but it just feels tighter now. There could still be legitimate reasons. Like you said, you know, you have a new medical condition or something like that. And there's just a lot of expenses that come with that. And you need to be able to factor that in. That could legitimately change your finish line. But I know that Allie and I, over the years, have come to this process a couple of times where nothing had actually changed. It just felt more tight in whatever season we were in, and we weren't even sure why. And so we would actually have these conversations of should we change our finish line or our limit that we've set because it just feels like every month we're getting so close to the budget and we're having to say no to a lot more things than we're used to and just didn't know why that was happening. And in all those times for us, when we actually sat down and looked through the last three months of of spending and expenses and really tried to figure out what was going on, we were able to recommit to a couple core practices that have always helped us to get back on the right page. One that comes immediately to mind is putting all of our extraneous expenses off until the end of the month. So, you know, it's very easy to slowly get into the habit of just seeing something and saying, I like this and I want to purchase it. You know, do I really want to? Yes, I want to. And then purchasing it. And then by the time you get to the end of the month, most of your budget is used up. And so I know in multiple of these seasons, what we've done is pushed off all of those spending until the end of the month. And then at the end of the month, looking at the list of things that we had wanted to buy in the last, you know, three, four weeks, 
and saying, all right, we have this much budget left for the month. Which of these things are our highest priorities? And so we would pick off the things that actually meant the most. And then the other things we would say, all right, well, we'll wait till next month. And often those things would kind of just fall off the radar altogether and we realized we didn't actually need them. And so that's how we've been able to kind of get our spending back into check when it's just kind of slowly slipped over a period of months or years. Right. So I think a lot of people might find that if they start feeling things are getting tighter, it could be a behavioral thing and not so much of a finish line thing. Yeah, exactly. And it brings up another important point, which I'm sure many people listening right now are already aware of the idea of an emergency fund. And for anybody who's not, it's just the idea of having a separate bank account where you're taking a small portion of your budget each month and putting it towards that fund, knowing that something is going to happen along the way where you're going to have a large expense that's unexpected and you don't want that to just destroy your budget for that month or those two months or whatever. And so you build up a fund to prepare for that, which you call an emergency fund. And depending on your circumstances, some people would recommend having six months worth of your budget saved up there. Some might recommend having three months. There's a a bunch of different schools of thought on that. But the whole point of having an emergency fund is to keep you on track and within your budget. And so those kind of things that blindside you don't completely take you off guard and catch you unprepared. And so practices like that are all important to actually being able to live within the finish line that you set. Right. And something else to consider is leaving a little bit of margin in your personal expenses. Um, You might just call it a miscellaneous fund, but inevitably there's going to be expenses that don't fit neatly into some other category. And if that throws you off every time you have one of those expenses, you're going to be doing a whole lot of work every month just to keep a balanced budget. There's a whole lot that goes into it. I think this helps with a little bit of framework for approaching that question of when should I be changing my finish line and how do I approach that process? So that's going to look a little bit different for everybody, but hopefully this is a little bit helpful towards answering that. Before we finish up, I wanted to share our manager minute for the day. Every week we try to share one quick idea for something you can give to right now with any money you've set aside to give away. Today's manager minute is the Bible Project. The Bible Project is a nonprofit animation studio that produces short form, fully animated Bible videos and other Bible resources to make the biblical story accessible to everyone everywhere. They do some really incredible work, which you can see for free on their website, BibleProject.com. The founders also have a particular heart for generosity, and you can find several videos on the subject on their site. And if you ever have a suggestion for what people can be giving to in order to impact people around them, their communities, or the world, we'd love to hear about it, so send us a message. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show, guys. If you have questions about setting a financial finish line, the finish line movement, or anything else you heard on the show today, we would love to hear from you. You can reach us on Instagram at finishlinepledge, through our website at finishlinepledge.com, or by email at hello at finishlinepledge.com. Send us any questions you have, and we'll answer them on one of our future episodes. And if you want to find any of our references or links from today's show, you can always find them in our show notes at finishlinepledge.com slash episode five. That's all we have for today. We'll see you next time. <laughs>